This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning, good afternoon, wherever you happen to be this lovely, well, kind of overcast Sunday here in L.A., but it's going to get hot later on today. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here for the next 30 minutes on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff, as well as my Instagram Live. And uh, here for you, here for your pets. So anything you want to ask, now is the time to ask. Very easy to get a hold of me. First of all, the good old-fashioned way, the phone, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Go ahead and just uh, call us in. Another better way, actually, is to join us here live on Zoom. And to do so, you can just go on to Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff under Pet Life Radio. So PetLifeRadio.com, click on Shows, Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. There is a Zoom link left there for you to get a hold of me, and I would love you to join me. Those of you on um, IG Live, um, you can just uh, simply ask questions away. Hopefully, I will see them. If not, we're recording this as well, so I'll be able to see you both ways and get back to you. Or you can join us here on, on uh, Pet Life Radio as well. So anyway, as you know, I just got back from Super Zoo. I was there this past week. Phenomenal. It was actually pretty crowded. I think the feedback I got was the, the booths were like almost every exhibitor who wanted to be there was there. Amazing stuff going on. So many new things. So many hot topics. Obviously, the foods and treats are tons, which I found interesting is last time I was at a Super Zoo, I was talking to somebody. Uh, obviously, we didn't have it last year, but the year before that, there were like 21 booths that were promoting, selling, pushing their CBD products. Uh, at this Super Zoo, there were 43. So you think it's growing? It's growing. And we're, uh, we're getting more and more information. And even states like California, which are really tough, now we as veterinarians can promote, recommend, prescribe a product that is CBD from 100% industrialized hemp. So many of those that I spoke to at the Super Zoo were hemp-based CBD, and a lot of safety. We still don't know enough to start prescribing amounts, but like I say to uh, people that ask me that, especially with before the legal okay, is that, look, I, I mean, we're not allowed to prescribe, but we can't talk about it. I can't, I can't recommend it, but I can tell you that my dogs do really well. So uh, that's sort of the way to get around it. That's, that's kind of how I do when I do telemedicine. Because we have to have, in order to, at, at AirVet and all the telemedicine platforms, you have to have what's called the VCPR, Veterinary Client-Patient Relationship. Well, I get a call from somebody this morning. I got a call from somebody in Oklahoma. Fortunately, it was an easy one. I didn't have to prescribe anything. But I can't tell them, direct them what to do when it comes to medication. I can't make a diagnosis. But what I can say, and I often do say, I explain to them about what's called the VCPR and how I can't make a diagnosis. But I say, I had a case this past week, that was exactly the same presentation. I mean, it was unbelievable. And that turned out to be whatever it was. And so they can sort of go from there and extrapolate just a little and say, oh, maybe probably that's what I have too. I think that's what he's, he's trying to hint at me. So you have to be very, very careful. And I can tell them also what medicine I, I recommended because they couldn't get a hold of anybody. It was on a weekend. So I told them to get so-and-so out of the medicine cabinet. And if they want to do the same thing, because that's kind of what I'm hinting, then that's great. Anyway, so uh, some of the news, as you know, I like to peruse the news. Again, if you have any questions, put them down. I'm trying to, to, to watch both. 
Um, but the, the best way to get me live for a question or to talk about something is through Pet Life Radio. So join us here and uh, go to Ask the Vet with Dr. Jeff, and then you can join us live on Zoom. So pets in the workplace, right? Obviously, that's great, but <laughs> there's some bad as well. So what the study showed is that pets can definitely bolster employee morale. Ah, that's a, that's a no-brainer. Reduce stress. That's a no-brainer. Okay. But what they're also finding is sometimes pets in the workplace can detract from productivity. And I can see that too, because I'd be too busy petting the animals and playing and having them jump on my lap and working. And also some other bad things. Um, oh, it does, they can improve communication, which is good. They create tripping hazards. Now, obviously working in a veterinary hospital every day, I've tripped on many, many a pet, <laughs> my own patients, of course. And then allergy risks, that makes sense. And um, also certain places like a research facilities, medical practice, it's just not appropriate to bring pets because, well, for one thing, sterility. Anyway, we have Kim Lewis. Kim, are you there? Hi, yes. Hi, how are you? Great. How are you doing? I'm great. So I don't see you. Are you there with your pet? She's here. Put your camera on. Your camera's probably turned off. I can do that. I'll put her on. Ah, there you are. She's the fun one. (laughs) So tell me what what do you have pet wise? I have, let me see if I can show her. Uh, There we go. I have the most beautiful black Labrador retriever ever. Okay. For my Instagram father. So Kim, I have a guest. That's how easy it is. Is joining us here with her Labrador and her name is? Gibson. Gibson. Okay. So uh, a Frisbee right there. Uh, Clearly a Labrador. Yes. (laughs) Yes. She's so much fun. She's nine years old. Uh Uh-huh. And I was calling to ask. So at nine, she's starting to show some arthritic signs physically and x-ray-ally. And uh, she responded really well to uh, the low-level laser treatment. And I wasn't sure if that'd be something we could do ourselves. And if so, if there were any recommendations for which laser to get. Okay. So there are some loud lasers that are available to the public. So Gibson, um, just again, I'm repeating this from my Instagram live group that Gibson has some arthritis. She's nine. Beautiful lab. She's looking right at me right now through the camera, which is great. So has done well on cold laser. We call it therapeutic laser or cold laser and wants to know if it's something she can do by herself. Yes. So there are some over-the-counter laser units. I honestly don't know how, how much they are, but I mean, not as expensive as some of the stuff that we use at the office. I am a huge fan of cold laser. Uh, we have a cold laser machine. We use it daily, I'm sure. And uh, arthritis is one of, post-surgically we use it, we use it for arthritis. So there are a lot of really good reasons to use cold laser. So yeah, you could look into, I don't have any, there's companion laser, there's the K laser. I don't know if those companies, cutting edge is the ones that I've used before. I don't know if they have an in-home use, but there are ones I've seen advertised. So I definitely, definitely would look into it because as I said, they're very effective. Also for her, I would recommend some sort of joint supplement like glucosamine, chondroitin, MSM. Those are very effective. There is an injection that your vet could use called Adequin, which is really effective as well. And then of course, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, Medicam, which is Meloxicam. Now, Rimadil, which has now Vetprofen, Carprofen, uh, Novox. I mean, now that it's available generic, you can find many of those. But before using any of the medications, make sure that she's healthy. At nine years of age, you should have her blood work done anyway, if it hasn't been done recently, and just make sure that all is in order. There's a new one we use now called Galaprant, which is good if she has any signs of liver 
inflammation, liver disease, uh, then galloprant seems to be a little easier on the liver. But I'm a big fan of laser. And yes, I would go ahead and do laser. Oh, great. Great. Thank okay. you. The, if we do something, if we do grab one for ourselves, what could I do that's like wrong? Like, you know, obviously don't ever put it in our eyeballs. But. Yeah. The only thing you want to avoid laser is you don't want to go around the bottom of the neck because it's thyroid gland, but on the area, whatever the, the instructions are for that machine, but uh, you can't really hurt anything. It doesn't generate heat. So okay. almost anything goes. Great. Thank all you right. so much. So Hi, much. And thank Kim, you for, for all me. you do for all of us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. So, um, all right. Next up is um, hedgehogs. They're really cute, aren't they? Anyone have a show of hands? Has anyone had a hedgehog? We used to have a hedgehog. They're really cute. But we're finding that there have been, listen to this, um, already many cases of salmonella coming from hedgehogs. So if you have a hedgehog, if your kids are playing with your hedgehog, you might want to instruct them really as far as safety handling procedures, which means washing your hands after playing with them, touching them. Don't stick your face where they, in their butt end. And um, you know, just, as I said, be careful. It shouldn't frighten you from getting them, but just know that there are some cases that uh, salmonella. This was also good. I like to hear these stories. I like to hear when municipalities stand up for animals, for their safety, for their well-being. And here's one. And I, I give this one a big thumbs up. Yay. An Idaho woman who left her Alaskan Malamute inside a car at a shop, a hot car and outside of a shopping mall is being charged with a misdemeanor. It should be worse, but hey, let's start baby steps, misdemeanor for animal cruelty. And she's facing up to six months in prison. Realistically, she probably won't get it, but at least it, it's in the books. A $5,000 fine. Okay. Uh, the, the car, listen to this, was close to 100 degrees inside, and the dog's body was, was not bad at 103. Now, 102 and a half is normal, but my theory there is, again, we, don't, we weren't given any details how long she was left in the car, so I'm not sure. But I will tell you that Malamutes, I mean, we talked about this before, Malamutes have that th double thick coat. So what that does is that we have now an insulation so even though the car was over close to 100 degrees, that coat of the dogs was, was insulating and protecting because if, we've had cases where in a similar situation, temperatures up over 105. So 103 is not horrendous, but that's not the point. The point is that someone left the dog in a car. We know we're not supposed to do that. And um, whether the windows are cracked or not cracked, I did a test years and years ago when I was doing um, the uh, home show on ABC. We did this test with the host, Gary Collins. We put a thermometer, one of those outdoor pool thermometers in a car parked with windows cracked in a shaded area outside. Within 14 minutes, 14 minutes, it reached 107 degrees. So, I mean, come on, really, guys? So anyway, glad that uh, the state of Idaho is doing the right thing. And this is also, now this is pretty cool. And I like this too. And this is a story that goes with this. But in Prince Edward Island, that's in Canada, but uh, upper Northeast, a court of appeals upheld a ruling that kennel operators and any animal service providers, okay, animal care providers can hold pets until a bill is paid in full or whatever arrangements that were written, signed to be made are made. And this brings me back to a story years and years ago, one of my local colleagues did a beautiful, he's a surgeon, did a beautiful surgery on a dog. And when the guy... And everything was signed, all the papers. He knew exactly what he was paying. He had an assigned estimate. He comes to pick up his dog and uh, he had no money. He said he was going to pay it. And so my colleague said, no, we have the dog. We'll, we'll keep him at no charge to you, but you need to come and pay. And he, this guy, such a jerk, he went ahead and called the news and 
that news trucks come that the doctor was holding his dog ransom and made a big stink, got to the point where the doc finally gave in and gave him the dog. Personally, I would not have done that. I would have used that as a golden opportunity. By the way, this guy had a brand new practice, beautiful practice. I would have called the news truck and say, come on in. I want to show you what we did, what we have. I want to show you the estimate. I want to show you what he signed. And legally, I can keep this dog because he knew exactly what he had to do. And he unfortunately, and I would have turned it into a positive for me. I would have shown my beautiful new facility. I would have shown what we did, all the work that goes in to doing that kind of surgery on a dog, et cetera. Anyway, that was years ago. Bottom line is now, hopefully more municipalities will jump on board because this happens to veterinarians, service providers all the time. All of a sudden, people don't have the money. And um, it's very, very frustrating from a business standpoint. Can you imagine saying to your employees, you know what? I'm not going to pay this. I just don't have the money. You can't do that. And no one who is asked for service, signs and approves a service, knows exactly what they're getting into, should be able to leave without, like I say to these people that do the same thing, I said, can you imagine going to the supermarket, filling up your cart, running it through, right? Now, the guy checking out and sliding the stuff across the glass, he's anticipating there's going to be payment. All of a sudden, you get to the bat, the done and say, oh, I have to pay for this now? Oh, oh, oh God, I didn't know that. I mean, come on. So uh, anyway, I'm very happy that PEI did that. So, um, oh, there were two recalls. This is really bad. Uh, hundreds of deaths uh, linked to contaminated food, aflatoxin. It's like a, a toxin from a mold, and uh, it's called Midwestern Pet Foods. Unfortunately, they didn't mention any of the name brands, and this happens, unfortunately, too much because a lot of these companies produce foods for a number of different companies, and they have all the different names. So I can't tell you now which of the um, brands it might be, but Midwestern Foods, there were a number of deaths from the aflatoxins, so uh, you just got to be really careful. It's a mold, and the other one was another dog food issue. This one did. Wet Noses Natural Dog Treat Company recalled four varieties of Simply Nourish frozen food. They sell it at PetSmart. Simply Nourish and also causing excess amounts of vitamin D. Now, vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin. A, D, E, and K are fat-solubles. Whereas the water-soluble vitamins like B and C, you can take as, almost as much as you want. There's very difficult to be toxic because anything that's not used as water-soluble comes out in the urine. It doesn't build up, accumulate. Fat-soluble vitamins, however, A, D, and K can. So even though they're very beneficial, vitamin D is, is very beneficial, but too much could be bad. Too much A could be bad. So anyway, one of those things you have to know. So basically causing vomiting, loss of appetite, can cause weight loss, lethargy, and drooling, and even kidney disease. So be careful. If you feed your dog from PetSmart, simply nourish. Uh, you want to take it back. You'll get credited. And, um, but there's been a, a major recall. And last story before we go on a break, and I like this one too, is that um, there is a sheriff's dog. And he actually, he is, this is really cool. The dog, his name is Dogo, is considered an officer too. And the sheriff's department in Kiwani County, Michigan. And so that, you know, he's used, he sniffs out, obviously drugs and sniffs out guns. But this one also sniffs out jewelry. And, and because of the guns and the, and the metal, uh, apparently this lady said she lost her ring at the beach. It was an engagement ring uh, at the, on the shore of Lake Superior. So they bring out Dogo. He's sniffing the sand. And it was about over an inch deep under the sand. He found her engagement ring. So that's a, a good news story that will lead us to the break. When we come back, I want to talk about something that is hitting more and more places, especially big time here in Los Angeles. And it is two diseases, not new. Well, one of them is kind of new, but it's a new variety. And that's influenza, but more importantly, leptospirosis. 
When we come back, we're going to talk about leptospirosis and canine influenza. Don't go away. So, you know, I'm always perusing what's going on in the pet world and I attend all the pet conferences. I came across a company I really like called Carlson Pet Products. It's family owned, very affordable stuff, and they specialize in creating pet safety products to keep your pets, you know, happily protected from the puppy stage all the way through their senior years. And they have tons of products. They have pet pens and folded elevated pet beds. They have crates, pet gates, etc. And um, I love their portable pen. First of all, they're very lightweight. You can fold them up. They have a little carry bag for storing. So they're really so convenient for you to use. You can use them for at home. You can use them for traveling. Or let's say you're just heading someplace down the street and you want to keep them protected. I think it's great. So the pet pens come in two sizes. You have a six panel and an eight panel. And so basically you get ample room to explore and you can add also an attachable canopy. So it creates like a shaded area to protect them from the sun. So for more information, you can visit them at carlsonpetproducts.com. You'll get 25% off the order plus free shipping. If you use the promo code PETLIFE, that's P-E-T-L-I-F-E. You're going to love them. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, and we're back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets and on Instagram Live. So one question was, is there another food that we can use instead of pet nourish? I'm not as familiar with specifically pet nourish, so I can't say, but I can tell you in many locations now, there are stores specializing in sort of like the really specialty off-brands, the fresh frozen foods, the raw frozen foods, et cetera. So um, I would um, say that might be an option and just let them know what pet nourish is. You can also, if you feed pet nourish, and if you have a bag, or a box, and you can just take a quick screenshot of the ingredients and then take that in with you to one of these stores, and they can actually go ahead and um, maybe give you something that might be the closest thing. Anyway, influenza and lepto. So H3N8 has been around for a while. H3N2 is another variety we've seen. And uh, it was interesting. There was a recent story here in Los Angeles of a um, daycare boarding facility that had to close down because of influenza outbreak. So Years and years ago, when we first started seeing the influenza virus, 
that one of the companies that made the, the vaccine was giving away free influenza tests to veterinarians to test the, any dogs that have these kinds of symptoms, the respiratory symptoms that are indicative of possible influenza. And um, I tested, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 dogs. Not one of them had influenza. So I, I was less, I mean, I, I have the vaccine because many facilities are requiring it. If you want to board your dog with us, if you want to have daycare with us, you have to get the influenza. If you want to come in for grooming with us, you have to have the influenza. That's okay. And that's their right. And look, these, these businesses have to be safe because all it takes is one dog to, to have it and come in. And that could shut them down for a while, which unfortunately it did in this one case. Now we are seeing a lot more. As a matter of fact, in LA, there have been 10 dogs confirmed in the last couple of weeks and 46 more suspected, okay? So that's a lot. It's a greater risk. And I am getting more and more people coming in saying that their daycare facility is now requiring the influenza vaccine. So would I recommend it for everybody now? No, um, I don't do it for my own dogs, but I don't. my dogs don't frequent those places. My, you know, I have five. My dogs are in their own daycare facility every day with each other. So I don't have to take them someplace else. And they get plenty of socialization. They get plenty of exercise. They get plenty of fun, plenty of toys. They're good. So, but for the other people that are using these facilities, I think it would be a safe bet to do it. And I look, as you know, I am not against vaccines, but I'm against unnecessary vaccines. And I considered and still do influenza vaccine, what we call a, it's, it's a lifestyle vaccine. And if your dog frequents these places, it might be something worthwhile. Now, let's take a turn to lepto. Leptospirosis, a bacterium. It is shed in mostly urine, but can be feces of a lot of like wild rodents and these wild small animals, but also coyotes and wolves. We can see it, it comes from deer, but typically we see it in like opossums. We see it in um, skunks, in raccoons, in wild rats. And it was up there. So I would tell people that almost like a rattlesnake vaccine, if they do hiking, if they're up in the mountains, if they're in wooded areas that have snakes, all right, then I would say then, yes, it would be worthwhile to do lepto. So much so that there is a combination vaccine readily available. That is the December parvo parinfluenza and lepto, or what I call the DA2PP without lepto. And we typically use the one without lepto and have a separate lepto vaccine for those that, that just have that lifestyle. So what's been happening is, I mean, I walk my dogs at night and we have lots of skunks and raccoons in our area. And apparently in some parks in West LA, Santa Monica area, um, have, see these wild rats. And now they have had a number of confirmed cases, so much so, 51 cases of lepto, all right? And um, that's, it's really, it's a potentially deadly. I mean, the animals get sick if you catch it early. And I think backwards now of two cases that we've had with kidney failure, but I mean, rapidly progressing kidney failure. And, you know, we're thinking xylitol toxicity, ethylene glycol toxicity, maybe some, one was a very young dog under two, maybe some sort of congenital kidney defect had been going on slowly, slowly. And as we know with kidney disease, not until two thirds or by sometimes three quarters of the kidney mass is destroyed, do we start seeing signs, changes? Do we start seeing elevations of BUN and creatinine, which are the two of the enzymes that we look at to determine kidney disease and kidney failure. So it was probably just slowly progressing until it hit that point. And then it seems to progress rapidly, where in fact, it was always there, we just didn't know it. Now, hindsight, with what we're seeing and where they lived, I'm thinking, you know what? This could have been lepto. 
And that's how bad it is. The second dog was a much bigger dog. We got it on treatment and this dog is, is now doing fine. So one of the questions, do I now recommend leptovaccine? So my feeling is if you are in the, anywhere in the West LA area where I am, wherever you might see skunks, squirrels, well, we all see squirrels, raccoons, possums, rats, coyotes, I now would say, yes, I would recommend it as part of the routine. And I, in fact, my vote now for our area, and again, you know, I want to check with your veterinarian what's going on in your area, has gone from lepto as what we call a lifestyle vaccine to now a core vaccine. I've already brought home vaccine. I, I've done all five of my dogs. When I thought walk, you know, skunks, for example, are nocturnal. I don't think a night goes by that I don't either see one or smell them when I'm walking my dogs. And they're running around. They see the dogs, their tails up right there. I'm sure, I'm sure they're letting loose and getting that smell because, you know, we can just smell it in the neighborhood. So if you even suspect it, there are tests for it. I like the PCR test because it actually tests for the bug. The other test is an antibody test. The assumption is that if your dog has antibodies, most likely it was exposed. But then again, it could be exposed and not get sick and still have antibodies. I prefer the PCR test. So do we have the leptospirus infection, the bacterium in the system? That to me is a, is a better test. In our lab, I think it's cheaper too. But anyway, treated with doxycycline or the amoxicillin. So clavamox uh, is good. Amoxicillin is good. Doxycycline is good. So much so that what I would do, if it's my case, I've learned to say that from, uh, from my air vet, from telemedicine. But what I would do is to put a dog on a two-week course of doxycycline or clavamox is not the end of the world. Uh, it could be good for many, many things anyway. And even while you're waiting for the test, if you suspect, even suspect, if you have kidney disease, fairly come on fairly quickly, no exposure to, to xylitol, no exposure to raisins or grapes, no exposure to ethylene glycol, which is antifreeze, all right? And everything else is normal. And you live in an area where there have been cases, I would say, you know what? Start treating. The sooner you get to treatment, the better. So I'd, I'd be really curious to know, it's what's going on in Los Angeles now is really unique. So if any of you want to just, wherever you're calling from, wherever you're listening from, wherever you're watching from, is a... Uh, you know, send me a note and let me know. I want to share this with everybody because I think it's really, really important. And we are seeing many, many cases. So I think it would be good to share this data for other places as well, because we, same thing with coyotes. We've never saw coyotes in Beverly Hills. And now they're all over the place in West LA, in Aria. Just the other night I was driving home from a friend's house and saw two coyotes running down the street along, like literally on Beverly Drive, which is a main thoroughfare down in the Beverly Hills, Beverly Wood area. And it's and they're not afraid anymore. Usually if a person would stop a car and get out, they'd be running. They look at you like, okay, buddy, I'm challenging you. You want to get rid of me? Come get rid of me. And uh, it's insane. And why? Because we have sort of moved into their territory. We have affected their food supply, their food source. So what do they have? They have no choice. They're coming down to us. And that's what's happening with a lot of these animals. So uh, anyway, if you have a minute, uh, just share your uh, information with me. I'd love to see it. Anyway, that's all we have time for today. If you have any questions for me, you can get a hold of me a number of easy ways. First, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. And all those emails are forwarded to me immediately. You can also get a hold of me at Jeff at AirVet.com. So that's another way. Or always for your Instagram uh, followers and my Instagram friends, just reach out to me. I always, uh, in fact, I just did it this morning. I answered somebody on Instagram, sent me a direct question. I love to help people with their pets. If they have any questions, any concerns, what I find is that a lot of my, that my callers that I get on AirVet already have a diagnosis. They just don't really understand what's going on. And because doctors are so busy now, they're not, they don't have the time to really explain the ins and outs of whatever the problem might be. 
I love doing that. If I can educate somebody and help them make life easier for them and their pets, that's my job. So uh, we'll be here next week. Will I be here next week? Yep. Next week, same bad time, same bad channel. And uh, in a week after that, Labor Day weekend, I won't be here. I'm actually um, flying for like a quick day and a half to Park City, Utah for a friend's kid's wedding. So, uh, but I don't think you're going to want to listen to me on uh, But I will give you a warning next week. I'm going to give you some just heads ups on your Labor Day barbecues, which I like to do. Just some words, words of, uh, of caution. So have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week here on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining me here on Instagram Live. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.